Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Another episode of Full Court Press, sponsored to you, sponsored by, presented by, presented to you by, um, one of these days I'm going to get this right, uh, Geek Vibes Nation. Uh, this is episode 73, the NBA preseason predictions. We have our uh, playoff pictures ready, uh, NBA awards predictions. Uh, but before we jump into that, I am joined tonight by Luke Owls. What's up, Luke? What's up, Nick? I'm glad to be on the show. Uh, hopefully my voice uh, can uh, hold out throughout this uh, whole show right now, but uh, I think we're going to have a little interest, interesting little uh, debates on uh, our seedings if we see eye to eye, if we don't. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. Um, and Jawan may be with us a little bit later. Uh, not sure, but I think he will be. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump into like our kind of one big news item. Uh, Clint Capella agreed to a five-year, $90 million contract to remain with the Houston Rockets. I mean, I figured this is what was going to happen. Nobody had cap space anymore. Um, to, the, the only team that really ever had the cap space to make a run at him was Sacramento. and uh, I mean, I I thought they should, but it didn't seem like they were going to um, – and, you know, after making the Bielitsa signing and the Yogi Ferrell signing, they really didn't have the necessary gap to go after him anymore. Um, so, I mean, it, I thought it was pretty obvious that he was going to be staying put in Houston. It was just it was just a question as to, you know, would it be on the qualifying offer or would he, you know, so he could become an unrestricted free agent next season or would they come to an agreement? And so, I mean, apparently they came to an agreement and – as far as I can tell, I mean, the original offer that I heard was four years at $60 million. This is five years at $90 million, so about $18 million a season. That's only $3 million more than the $15 million that they first offered him with one extra year. Uh, I, I think the Houston Rockets are really happy with this signing. Um, I also think this is a very, very solid contract for Capella. Like, I mean, there's a lot of people who – you know, who have been able to finagle overpays um, in the last several years. But, I mean, we kind of knew this offseason was going to be different. And so guys like Marcus Smart and Clint Capella 
Um, they got contracts that are more, uh, I would say, you know, realistic to what they deserve versus, you know, getting a huge overpay. And I think $18 million for a year for Capella is, is reasonable, especially with the cap continuing to go up, uh, you know, in the next couple seasons. I think it's a good deal for Houston, and I think it's a fair deal, deal for Capella. Um, and, you know, good on them that they were able to, uh, to you know, bridge the gap between what Capella and, and his agent wanted and what Houston originally wanted to offer. Um, what did you think about uh, the structure of the deal, Luke, and, the, you know, the fact that Capella is going to be staying in Houston? No, I think it's a win for both sides. I'm glad it finally got uh, done for Capella. You know, Houston was kind of dragging this one out. Um, for a while there, I was even saying he should just take his uh, qualifying offer, just bet on himself, and just be like, peace out if you guys want to wait this long. But I'm glad they got it done for a little bit more money, too. I think it's worth it for Capella. It's like you brought up Marcus Smart. He means so much to this team, Capella. And I think he really proved himself last year in the playoffs. I mean, took on some big centers and really shut them down. So I think for this whole Houston team, they couldn't lose another piece like this. Then they just flaked off. There's, you just re-signed Chris Paul for basically, I mean, it's, I mean, if you're not going to get Capella back and you just lost Ariza and Bamute. I don't really see you competing in the top four of the West, so that Chris Paul signing doesn't make sense. So I'm glad they got they got it done. I mean, Capella's a very good player, <laughs> serviceable to their to the team. Does does everything that they need. So I like it. And then for Capella's sake, I mean, nice five years. So he got the extra year. I mean, he's got the security of staying with this team for a little while. He's still very young, so he can play for another contract. But in all, I mean, I like it for both of them. He finally got it done. I felt bad there for a second there. You said Sacramento in the end uh, was the only team, but I feel like the Lakers for a second there could have made a run at him because they had that money, but he met with them, and I think he tweeted out like a sad face. Like he probably saw that they weren't going to give him that money. So that was just right off the books for him. I know I had some Lakers friends. I was like, we can go for him next year if he takes a qualifying offer. But I'm glad he got the five years. Um, good deal. Definitely a, an upgrade from the last deal that they gave you, but very, I mean, just good for both sides. I don't see it coming back to bite Houston badly. Um, they still need to do some extra pieces, but this is a big step to your, you going back to game seven and playing Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. So I think it's, yeah. it's, it's a win-win for both situations. Yeah, I mean, I agree, ultimately. Um, as far as, I mean, Houston owns all of their, their future uh, first-round draft picks. As far as, like, I, I know it's a little off-topic, but have you thought about it all, like any any possible trades for them to uh, kind of bolster their wing after losing, you know, uh, both Ariza and Bonamute? I hadn't really I hadn't really thought about it. Um, I've been busy with other, other various mock trades, but... Um, Wondered if if you had, had looked into that at all. Um, I I had it until just a second ago because I was like, you know, they get Capella, so I was just kind of looking out like just my team things, and um, I actually read that right after because it's kind of coincidental that their Carmelo Anthony got his buyout, so they're definitely getting him. But I heard that right. they definitely want to get another wing, and they've been in talks with four different people. And I was going to throw this out to you: which one you think 
and then which one they'll probably end up. It's Batoon, Damari Carroll, Courtney Lee, and Ked Bazemore. And so they could, either way, so they're, they're willing to take on a longer contract to get off Ryan Anderson's expiring contract, to get more defensive help. And I, all those players, to me, make the most sense to go after if you're going to go for a deal like that. Depending on which one you go for, you might get more than just that player. I mean, Memphis, that's a, that's a long deal you're taking on for, I mean, Charlotte, sorry, Charlotte, what you're taking on Batoon, but Batoon could do a lot for that team. So those are the four I just read, like, not too long ago, that they're in trade t- uh, talks with other teams to take on longer contracts to bolster their defensive side because of the Bamute and the Trevor Ariza loss. Yeah, I mean, I, I run those names by me again. I know I heard Bazemore, Batum, who else? Damari Carroll and Courtney Lee. Okay. Um, yeah, it would be tough to get. Yeah, it would be. See, I, I just it, like none of those guys really have, except except for Batum. None of those guys have like worse contracts than. Um, than Ryan Anderson. So, like, I would say out of any of those, Batum kind of makes the most sense for the simple fact that he's got three years left on his deal um, and, and that more money. Um, and, I mean, that, I mean, that, that, I mean, that would certainly work. Like, I don't I, – you might not even have to give up a first-rounder to get that done, just like if Char- – just so Charlotte can get out of that money um, – because that's a, I mean, Batum's a solid player, but that is a bad contract. Um, especially, he kind of seemed like he hit a wall last season, um, like you know, kind of the the veteran wall where um, it didn't it didn't really seem like uh, he it seemed like he was had really started to kind of trend downward. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, that one kind of makes the most sense to me. I don't see. Carroll happening simply because I don't think um, I think Brooklyn wants to keep the cap space. Maybe you could see uh, Ryan Anderson and a first round pick for Bazemore, but I know the Hawks are, are probably still trying to figure out if they can Bazemore for for cap clearing um, purposes. And honestly, right now it doesn't it doesn't really seem like the Hawks are, are actively trying to move Bazemore. So. Um, not that they wouldn't field offers, but um, so maybe that would work. Maybe the Hawks would take it just to get the draft pick. Um, and I actually think out of all his players, I think Bazemore would, would work the best. Um, I think he is like still in his prime, still trending upward. He, I mean, he had a really productive season last year, albeit on a really shitty team. But I mean, he shot 39% from three last season. He's a solid defender. Um, can play both the two and the three. Um, I mean, that would be the kind of guy that I would be looking, uh, you, you know, for to uh, replace a guy like Ariza. Um, I think you could get most of what you got out of Ariza from Ken Bazemore. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, that, out of all those options, I like all of them for Houston. Probably Courtney Lee the least just because he's re- – I really don't see Courtney Lee being effective playing the three. Um just his size, he's just undersized, but um, all the other guys, I mean, certainly, um, certainly could work. Um, 
but yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I, uh, I, I do you if you're Charlotte, would you would you trade Batum straight up for Anderson, like just to get out of the the contract? I mean, you're talking he's he's going to make 24 million this year. He signed on for three more years, as opposed to Ryan Anderson's roughly 20.5 million um, this next season, and he's only got one year left after this one. I would do it in a heartbeat if I was Charlotte. I would yeah. get out of that contract. Yeah. Not saying Nicholas Batum's a bad player, but no. Charlotte's going to have to give up. They could end up giving up picks, maybe second-round pick, you know, just to get it done. But they might have to give up more. That's why, for Houston's sake, you know, it might make the sense that you might actually get something else beneficial besides just the tune. And I think the tune, uh, uh, he did hit a little wall, but he, he kind of was um, getting back from uh, an injury and all that. And That's true. Still trying to find, still trying to find his feet. He had some really good games. I think he would. Uh, just shoot a little bit better from the three-point line than Ariza, but he's more versatile. I think he um, five point, yeah, like five assists last last season. So that's very mm-hmm. versatile to a team. So I think that would be the one that makes sense. Um, I kind of wish uh, Juwan or Joel were in here because um, I was thinking about the Courtney Lee one. If the Knicks were to do that, would that free up enough money for them next year? Potentially, also somehow getting rid of No, but. Would that give them two max free agent slots? I don't yeah. know how much Cordy Lee's getting paid. But twelve, twelve, twelve and a half something million. No, no. Some, yeah, something, no. something in there. No, um, really. Yeah, I mean That's that wouldn't help them. I mean, yeah, I mean it would have to be. Yeah, I don't see that one happening. I, I like, I just, I don't see uh, that one. Just doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, because, because honestly, the only player that that Houston really has to trade of any sort of net worth um, is Ryan Anderson. Um, because, I mean, you're obviously not giving up CP3, Harden, or Capella, Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker. Like, you don't want to give up any of those guys, even Nene. Um, and then anybody else is just, like, you know, uh, very, very small uh, number deals. Um, but, no, I mean, I maybe, like, maybe you could get um, – Maybe you could get a second rounder. I I don't know. I think honestly, just I think the trade just straight up makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, it, it, especially you know if you're Charlotte, I mean you free up three million dollars this year. You free up some money in the books in the near future. Um, and you know as far as you know, Batum he can play the two. He can play the three. You just drafted um, Miles Bridges. You have Malik Monk from last year, like. You you want to get those guys playing time. So, um, and Dwayne Bacon uh, played a lot of minutes last season um, for them. So I mean I think he's he's gonna kind of stay in that in that rotation for them. Uh, plus you got Kid Gilchrist, you got Jeremy Lamb. Um, you got plenty of depth there, so you don't need it. And then you know it, it, power forward like you have Kaminsky for one more year. I don't I don't feel like I would re-sign Kaminsky. Um, maybe he'll work out better on another team. You think they throw that in? You just think they throw him in there just to be like a nice little filler, like take Frank, you know? He might be I able mean, to I would. Back up with Carmelo. I mean, I think you might need to give something else to take on Batum because you're getting three more years. He's getting 71, like, mil. So, yeah, that's that's a lot to take on. I mean, you're convincing Houston to – 
take on something that you don't want. For, for And he has health concerns, too. So that's also, like, it's not like it's been, a, like, a healthy Nicholas Platoon just on a big contract. You're like, eh. So that's also, like, why I don't see the trade going straight up. Rockets might have to get something else. And Frank, I don't think Frank really ever found his spot. And I think, you know, that he could be another low-end tier, kind of like, here here's something else for taking on Nicholas Platoon. Yeah. Yeah, well, they they couldn't. They would have to like Houston would have to add in some other parts, but they could throw in uh, Onuaku and Jao Kui, um, you know, who aren't you know contributing to their roster. Um, so I don't you know I don't think it hurts them at all in that respect. So yeah, Ryan Anderson, Onuaku, Jao Kui for Batum and Kaminsky. Like I mean, I would do it. I mean, you you have Marvin Williams and Ryan Anderson as your power forwards then. Um, we just talked about how they have all the depths they need at the two and the three. Um, you get out of Batum's contract, uh, and you can utilize that money elsewhere. Like, I don't know. I think that makes sense. And, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would totally do that. And if you're Houston, it sucks to eat Batum's contract. But, I mean, he he definitely makes them better. Um, like, he's he's definitely the player that you would rather have. Um, and, yeah, getting Kaminsky – um, he, I mean, that would be fine to back up Mello, um, you know, and when you go small, you could, you know, kind of utilize, uh, PJ Tucker at your four. Um, you know, he can, he can play it in a small ball lineup. So, yeah, I mean, I like it. I think we kind of figured out a neat little trade for them that wouldn't just kind of wouldn't really cost them. I don't think would cost them a first round pick. So, um, yeah, who knows? Uh, but yeah, that that would be interesting. It would definitely it definitely bolster their team. I still think the Bazemore thing it makes a little more sense as far as, um, uh, you know, as far as well contract wise for Houston, but also, um, like I would you like would you rather get Bazemore and give up the first or have to take on Batum, but you also get Kaminsky, um, and not have to give up the first. Um, I'd rather base more, even if I had to give up a first. I'd rather make it a protected first-round pick, see if I could do oh, it yeah. like I did with, with uh, you know, how OKC did it. So, yeah, I would definitely put on – because, like you said, uh, Houston owns their picks. It's not like, you know, if they're trying to compete now, especially in the Chris Pollers, you're looking at back in, like, 25 on. So, I, I wouldn't be worrying about it. You rarely hit at those picks. So, yeah, I like base more, too, just because, like you say, he's younger – He's not been as injured. He has had some injuries, but I just think uh, he needs a new change of scenery. There's, he he's shown glimpses of like him going back to that year that he got that contract where he played really well last year. So you saw like yeah. him finally getting his health back. So I think yes, that he does make the most sense for Houston to go after. In that list, in my mind, I would go. I probably put him one. Uh, Batoon, just because I think I could get more out of Batoon, and then um, Damari Carroll, Courtney Lee. Because I think Courtney yeah. Lee is probably out of the tail end, out of the most of them. I don't think the Nets do have a um, lot of wing players, too, but Damari Carroll actually did pretty good for them. I see the Nets actually doing some smart things, like you said, not trying to take on a little bit more money. They want as much cap space and all that, so I don't see them unless they get a pick. I mean, if Sean Marks gets another first-round pick, this guy, this guy might be getting, <laughs> should be executive. 
he could be considered getting executive of the year without adding a player to his team. Just of like all the crazy moves in my mind. But yeah, I, I yeah. try to get days more for and just get a protected first rounder late. Yeah, yeah, that makes more sense to me too. It's just a matter of would the Hawks be willing to do it? Um, and maybe, I mean, maybe not, but maybe. Um, you know, I mean, I think it That'd just depends be two on things what the Hawks just help them with. If they possibly go out of the championship room, I mean, they're buying out Melo, and now they were to do a Bazemore trade. That's just back-to-back two things. It's funny. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Well, and the thing is, too, I will say this. With the additions of Justin Anderson and Vince Carter, like, and the young guys we have, we definitely don't need Bazemore as far as depth is concerned, you know? Like, we're set as far as, um, as, far as our depth. Um, on the wing as of right now. So, you know, we kind of have like an extra wing player, as it were. So, I mean, I feel like we've at least set ourselves up to where if we do trade base more, we don't have to get back another wing player in return. So, um, you know, just for the sake of, of you know, having having enough wings on your roster. So that's I, – I, I could see it as a possibility. It's just – it really boils down to: Do you want to take on? Is it worth taking on Ryan Anderson's more money? It's not. It's not crazy more money, but I mean, it's just like a couple million dollars. Um, but is it's that worth? You know, getting the number twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirtieth overall pick. Um, I don't know, uh, but maybe, maybe it is. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, let's get into our predictions. Uh, all right, playoff predictions first. So what we're going to do is we'll start with the East. So you go ahead, Luke. I'll let you start. Give me your um, playoff seeds, one through eight, in the East. Who you got? All right, so um, for my uh, one through eight, I'm having Celtics at the top. I mean, not just because I'm a, you know, a diehard Celtics fan. Hey, it's kind of obvious. You need not explain that to me. It is <laughs> it's, very it's obvious. obvious. Them, them getting Irving back and Gordon Hayward back, and potentially now being healthy, we retain the whole team. So, Celtics at number one. Um, I'm gonna keep the Raptors there. I actually like the trade more. I think about it, and um, listening to Danny Green's podcast, he indicated that he had a. To- uh, Thorn growing in his exit, um, like, little health thing at the end of the year. So, I think that might have contributed to his down year. So, I think that's a big thing that, like, we kind of knew, hey, you know, he had a growing issue. So, I think if they can get Leonard back, you know, even at 90%, Danny Green last year, I'm going to make that a scratch if he had a groin injury because he said he did it against the Celtics, and we played him really early. So, that must have been a very lingering injury. So, I like the Raptors. Um, I'm going to go with the Sixers. Uh, at three, mm-hmm. uh, then it's followed by the Pacers. I've, I love everything the Pacers have done this year and, and their offseason. Um, I'm going to go with the Bucks right after them, though. I, I think Coach Bud is finally a, the coach that Giannis needs. It's not going to be the first-year jump, but I think you're going to see a big impact just in, within this first year. So I'm going to go with the Bucks. Um this next one, you might laugh because <laughs> I, I kind of like debated on it too, but um, 
I like the Cavs actually at number six. Wow. The tri- yeah. The East starts to trickle down in my mind. And this might have to do with the prediction later on, but I, I kind of liked the Cavs team. How I, if I, if like I've been saying, like if you re-sign Hood and all that, they try to act like this is a ragtag bunch of characters. LeBron just like carry to the finals, but they actually aren't bad basketball players. And he's had different people coming in, different season, middle of season, you know, doing gutting the whole team. So the people that stayed on there didn't really know how. So I think Cavs are the one that might surprise the people. I do think they'll be in the playoffs, but yeah, I have them at the six seed. Um, the only reason I put them over the Wizards at number seven is I just don't know health-wise with the Wizards and Dwight. I think Dwight's a big factor, but John Wall just kind of scares me and, and Bradley Beal. We haven't seen a healthy season out of them in a couple of years playing both together the whole time, and I still don't think they know what to do with uh, Kelly Oubre or uh, Otto Porter. Uh, they're still trying to yeah. figure out that, so. I just the this is a make or break year for the the Wizards too. So I think they you know that's why I might have the Cavs just because they're just not a lot of pressure is going to be on the Cavs. Like no one's going to be expecting that of the Cavs. And then to fill it out, I have the Heat at number eight just because I don't see Detroit right. Like Detroit didn't make any move offseason move. I try to like look up everything for Detroit. They haven't done anything. I mean, I know you got They signed Jaja Pachulia. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> you know he's good for at least, like, one season-ending injury. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very true. Let's just hope it's not Blake Griffin, his own teammate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do some shit. bonehead stuff like that, dude, happening. But, no, I mean, I like Dwayne. I like Casey going, but I still think – they they have a lot of health things. I mean, I need to see if Jackson's somewhat healthy and if mm-hmm. he can even play with Griffin and DeAndre, uh, Andre Drummond. I do like them, but I still think they're on the, they're one of those fringe teams. I have them over Charlotte, but I I, I like the Heat. They've they've got a lot of players, and they need to. I still think make a trade, either get out of Whiteside or figure out what you're doing with Whiteside. So, but yeah. I, I have trust in Eric Sproul, so I've gained way more respect after the LeBron days for him. Yeah, indeed. I mean, I I think he's probably one of the five best coaches in the NBA, in all honesty. Um, I mean, I think after Pop and Brad Stevens being the kind of obvious one and twos, I think Spolstra is anywhere in that, you know, three to six argument. Um you know, as far as any other active coach in the NBA. Um, and, you know, for me personally, I I would definitely have him in the top five. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big fan as well. Um, okay, so I very similar East. Uh, and, and we, you know, we, we all kind of knew it was like the East was going to be similar for, for, you know, both of us. Um, and I'm sure it's similar for, for Juwan and Joel as well. Um but our first five are identical. Uh, I got Boston one. Um, I mean, Kyrie coming back, uh, Hayward coming back. Um, that you know, obviously we we saw great advancements uh, from the, their young core. 
this past season. So, um, yeah, they've got all the tools there. I also have Toronto at number two. Um, I I just think that Philly – I think Philly's, like, a better – I think they're they're a better team, um, and I think they obviously have the better future. Um, but I think Toronto is, is going to play, have a better regular season record, and I think it, if that's the case, it'll be really really interesting to see them square off um, in the playoffs if it, if they you know meet up in the in the semifinals. I think that would be an awesome series, and I would love to see it. Um, also. Uh, have Indiana at number four. Um, I, too, liked almost all of their offseason moves. The only one that I was a little, like, huh, was signing Doug McDermott to that big contract. Not that I don't – not that I think Doug McDermott is a bad addition. I just felt like you could have got him for cheaper. Um, I don't think anybody was knocking down Doug McDermott's door, offering him, you know, what – I don't even remember how much they gave him. was like a three-year, 20 – something million dollar contract 26 or 28 yeah Yeah. the only thing i didn't hate that i hated about it is he was the first like free agency movie like you hopped on that like immediately as you got like we could sign someone get doug mcdermott right now that's the only thing i didn't like about it too you could have waited as well but i really he could shoot for them so you know yeah, and I really, really like the Tyreek Evans pickup. Like, that one is the one that I'm like, all right. Like, that that one's really, really good because um, he played fucking tremendous basketball last season, um, and I think he's a huge upgrade as far as consistency and, and, and particularly offense um, over Lance Stevenson. Uh, so, like, I, I think that's, you know, going, going to help them out tremendously. Um, so, yeah, I, I like them as well. Um, and I, I look, you know, for Oladipo to play a lot better, and I think it'll be interesting how they work in Aaron Holiday, um, your boy Aaron Holiday. Um, so, uh, so yeah, a lot of lot of cool pieces there. Um, they're they're building, they they've they've got, you know, they've got depth now, um, and you know, we've already we already saw last season that they had a really good squad. I mean, they almost uh, upset the cast. So, uh, but yeah, uh, number five also got the Bucks. I too, uh, you know, I, I think they obviously got a, a big upgrade in coaching. Uh, I do think Giannis will have uh, a great year. I mean, he's had a great years, you know, the past several. Um, I'm still, you know, everybody says like, well, once Giannis gets a consistent outside shot, like, yeah, I mean, if if Giannis gets a consistent outside shot, I mean, that's the thing, like. Um, yes, he would be unstoppable. Uh, but he's already pretty pretty much virtually unstoppable without the outside shot, and that's the crazy thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, he uh, he's gonna continue to get better and you know to to evolve his game. And the the biggest thing with them is just you know they have a lot of good players, but I I just don't feel like. I feel like even with Coach Bud, it's going to take a year, like, and, and a lot of that will happen throughout this regular season, but it's going to take a year to be able to figure out how how to best, you know, construct lineups that that work within his system 
Like all of this is going to have to, you know, be figured out over the course of this year. And that's why, um, you know, I have them, you know, in, in the fifth spot. Um, Cause I think as far as talent wise, they're right there with Indiana. Um, and, you know, honestly, pretty much right there with any team in the East short of Boston, but uh, they just, it's, it's going to take time. They've, they, they've haven't, Throughout the whole time Giannis has been there, they haven't really had consistency, whether it be coaching or injuries or GM. Like, all of that has happened to them. So, hopefully, they can get that consistency throughout the course of this season. And uh, and we get, you know, I'd really like to see them make a, make a run in the playoffs. I think that would be fun. Uh, number six, uh, I have Washington. Uh, I just, I have no reason to think that um, – that anybody else in the East, I mean, just the sure talent that they have on that team. I have no reason to think that anybody else in the East is going to be better than them. Um, I don't know, just, just my personal opinion, but I, um, I definitely think uh, the addition of Dwight Howard doesn't really help you. Um, I also don't think it really hurts you uh, uh, because that locker room is already fucked up six ways to Sunday. Um, and I, I honestly, I don't think Dwight Howard is going to make it worse. I really don't. <laughs> I could be wrong. I could eat those words, but I don't think so. Um, number seven, uh, I have the Miami heat there. Um, I, I mean, I just think, like you said, I have utmost faith in Eric Spolstra. They have a, a really good team of very, very solid, um, like, very solid role players and, you know, uh, a fringe all-star in, in Goran Dragic actually made the all-star game last season for the first time in his career, which that was, that was nice to see. Um, so, you know, with, with that, you know, and, and I'm a big fan of, um, of, uh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, I'm a big fan of the guy. I can't remember his name. Uh, they're, they're power forward. I was going to say, you're obviously a big fan of him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I can't remember his first name. Is it Bam? No, no, no. I I do like Bam, but no Johnson, the the power forward, Taylor? the guy, the guy who's an MMA fighter. Taylor Johnson or Tyler Johnson? Whatever. No, not not no. Uh, is it James Johnson? Oh yeah, they do have James Johnson, but yeah, they do. Yeah, James Johnson. I'm a big fan of his. Like, yeah, and that dude's like that dude's like a like sick martial artist, like he could whoop anybody's ass in the NBA. <laughs> like, so, um, but no, he's, I, I like him a lot. That's a great guy to have on your team. Um, he, like gritty player plays both ways, like can go off on any given night. And I know you've mentioned like a lot of times, like they have a lot of guys who can go off on any given night. They just don't have any guys who can consistently go off. So, you know, that's going to, you know, probably, in my opinion, have them, you know, kind of at the bottom of the of the playoffs picture in the East, um, similar to you. And then number eight, I do have the Pistons. I um, I I like the Casey hiring. I am, you know, I I, I do think uh, having like a full season together with Blake and Andre, they'll be able to, you know, kind of figure out um, some different things that work for them. Um, I'm hoping that uh, that Reggie is is you know going to be healthy this year. He obviously was hurt uh, a lot last season. Um, I uh, I'm hoping Kennard will kind of uh, take a step in the right direction um, because 
you know, I mean, he's he, he had a he had a reasonably good first uh, first season, um, and then uh, uh, they picked up somebody. I know you said they didn't pick up very many people, but I know they picked up somebody. I want to say they traded um, for one of the picks that Philly had um, in the draft. And I liked whoever it was. Um, I can't remember who it was at this point in time. Hold on one second. I might be able to find it. Oh, Kyrie Thomas. They picked up Kyrie Thomas. Um, yeah, they, who, so they got Kyrie you know, Thomas. I like who they drafted, but they're still young. I don't see them impacting them quickly. Yeah, oh, and they picked up James Ennis. That was the other uh, pickup uh, uh, signing that they made. Um, who's not by any means a game changer, but at least he gives you more depth on the wing, which they definitely needed. So it's really going to come down to can any one of Stanley Johnson, Reggie Bullock, or James Ennis step up and give them consistent starting minutes? Because one of those guys needs to be a consistent role player on this team for them to be successful because they just have not had that. Um, out of any of their wing players uh, thus far. Um, so, you know, that's another – oh, and they also picked up uh, Glenn Robinson the third. Um, they drafted so, no, uh, Bruce Brown as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I like – yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, no, 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 Bruce Brown's from Miami. <clears throat> you're yeah, thinking yeah, of – um, yeah, yeah, yeah you're thinking of the guy that Washington drafted. Um, his last name's also Brown. I can't remember his first name. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, I like him as well. Um, he had some kind of injury issues, as I recall, down in Miami that, that kind of, um, made it, made his stock fall, uh, a little bit, but, um, so they got a lot. They got a lot of depth at shooting guard. Then <laughs> they drafted two shooting guards when they drafted Luke Kennard last year. So <laughs> that's kind of funny. Um, but uh, but yeah, so <laughs> it's gonna it's really gonna boil down to um, can they get uh, can they stay healthy and can they get those consistent minutes from their wing guys um, to you know help out um, uh, Reggie Blake and Drummond. Um, but I, I think I think they can do it. Um, I, I mean, I think if you look at that team completely healthy versus the Cavs completely healthy, who I have at number nine. Um, so I do, I do have them and I think it'll be really fucking close. Um, but, uh, but I do have them just barely missing it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, any comments on my picks before we, uh, move on to the West? Uh, the only one is just your Detroit. I could agree with you that, um, you know, they're going to be good, but I just think the fact that, Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin haven't had a full season to play together and to throw on top of that. Now they get a new head coach that they have to learn his system. He has to learn how they play together. So that's why I think it's going to be a longer time and they don't have a true point guard. I just don't, I never believed Jackson was a true point guard ever. He's a score first kind of a guy, selfish person in my mind. So that's the reason that I have them at the ninth spot still like competing up there but I just I have more faith in the Cavs with I think Kevin Love you know could have another good all-star year and I like you know I, I like their team if they you know now that they have an identity without LeBron and people know how to play without kind of being scared and hesitant out there 
So I have more faith, and they have the same coach. So that's also a plus. Yeah. Don't even run. Dwayne Case is going to be a good coach with the Pistons, but it's going to take him a year to learn Griffin and and um and Andre. But luckily, he's got multiple years out of both of them. So this first year is just kind of that. Let's figure things out. If we make the playoffs, yes. But if we don't, you know, we're all still figuring this out. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, and I think as far as that is concerned, I think it's ultimately going to come down to how do the Cavs adjust absent LeBron James versus how does Detroit, you know, transition with a new coach um, and, you know, how do, you know, Blake and Andre continue to um, – develop their their game together um so they've had the off season at least um you know to do it um so you know uh but i i can understand that because i I mean i like i said i have some of those same concerns concerns as it pertains to milwaukee so um you know um very very similar in that in that sense because i think milwaukee could easily be higher than a five seed um you know, at, at some point in the near future, if they make the right moves and everything else, um, and, and keep the guys that you know they need to keep, i.e., I mean, Chris Middleton being probably the biggest name on that um, list of players that they need to keep uh, next season, um, and then obviously Giannis being ultimately the biggest. But um, but yeah, no, I mean, I feel you on that. I I, I definitely think it's going to be interesting to see. Um, you know where where the Cavs finish, and and I, I applaud them uh, for you know not just saying hey we're just going to tank like good for you Cleveland like then you know now go make a trade and um, you know get you a, a solid wing player um, you know and and re-sign Hood and and you know make a run at it I love it it's awesome um, and give us that pick and you know hey if you end up with the 11th overall pick, that would be fucking great. I'd be super happy about that. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, let's move on. Let's take a look at the West. Uh, one through eight, who you got in the West there, Luke? Um, my one through eight a little interesting just because uh, right now I still feel like my third team is still in the process of doing something. So, But right now, as it stands, everyone – it's Golden State number one. I mean, it's just obvious, you know. Um, but number two right now for me, I really like everything Oklahoma City's done. They're nice. going to be a very good defensive team. Um, I like all their signings. Uh, I do think uh, Dennis is going to help them out if he's either being a six man or playing out there. I think it's, he's a better third go-to scorer than what Melo was for them last year. And so, you know, he, he's going to he, – I think he's going to do really well. I also like Noah's Noel and Grant playing the power forwards. I mean, they're basically the same player. Just play defense, give me some blocks and catch some lobs. What else do I need out of you right there? Um, so, I, I just like – I like everything Oklahoma City's done. And for my third seed, it's Houston. Now, if Houston makes one of those trades we were talking about earlier and they get Carmelo, I'll, I'll bump back up Houston – just because I do think they're a good team. It's just what they've lost this season compared to what Oklahoma City has been able to add. And losing Carmelo Anthony, I think, is huge for them. I think that's way bigger than getting um, Robertson back. I mean, Robertson back. Ooh, and, I don't know about uh, that. I, well, I, I, 
I feel like he meant a lot to their team, and you really saw the defense go down and put a lot more pressure on George to step up. But I, like I said, I think they got a couple more people to help that out. Patrick Patterson, if they don't trade him or if they do, you know, he can definitely help out defensively a little bit too. So uh, I just feel like Melo did so much negatively to their defensive game and offense, like how everything was run. And yeah, so that's why I feel like losing him is a bigger impact because he just it's two sides of the ball that he really affects when Robinson's only affecting the defensive side. I mean, you're not getting anything out of him, but you really I do think Oklahoma City is going to finish top five in defense, a defensive team. So that's why I have yeah. him at number two. And Houston gotcha. right behind him, like I said, Houston makes a trade. I love that they got Kun Capella back. That was really going to like hurt my standings for a while there. So I like that. But right now you need to get one more defensive player because Melo, yeah, I think he'll – I don't think Melo will hurt them as much as he hurt Oklahoma City. Now I kind of think about it. I think having Chris Paul out there is a big plus. He's just a different player, and he's, he's really good friends with Melo. So I think he'll be able to talk to him and all that. So that's why I have Houston just right there at three. But it's going to be – it's a good race between those three. Then it's like – it's the Wets are kind of in like in packs of three. It's like that first – set of group of three and then the second tier set of group of three and this one really took me a second because it kept on like dancing them around but I ended up going with the Jazz at number four I really like their uh-huh. team they played really well coming out of the second half of um, after the all-star break it really depends on how <clears throat> Rudy Gay staying healthy I don't think Rookie Rubio yeah you need him to stay healthy but I don't think he affects the team as much as Rudy uh, Rudy Gobert. I meant not Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert being uh, uh, injured. So I think that mm-hmm. they're a really good defensive team. They've got a really good coach. They didn't really subtract anything and really add anything big to their team that I think affects them. So it's a very good, consistent team. Um, and then at number five, I have the Spurs. I like everything about that trade. I think it was both a win-win for both the Spurs and the Raptors. Uh, Pop's got a very good team. I just think the West is going to be come down to, like, you know, just a very competitive side. So I have the Spurs right there, too. I, they were the ones where I wanted to go Spurs, Jazz, but I just – the way Jazz left it in my mind, and they, they don't – they're not adding people when – the Spurs have to add in a new player. I mean, yeah, they didn't have Kawhi Leonard play for them at all last year. and They still were a very good team, but you still have to add another piece in to your team and see how that works. So I just, that's why I give the slight one to Jazz. And then the last one in that little group for me, and I really hate to put him there, but I just, I don't bet against LeBron anymore. And I, I can no. see them easily being a four seed or the six seed. But, you know, nothing – I don't think anything lower than that just because LeBron is LeBron. I mean, he's going to do it. I hope they don't put as many minutes and miles on him because I'd rather get more out of LeBron than just this, just a couple of years. I don't want to do what Cavs had to do and make you play every single game and all that. So, that's why I think they got – people always say LeBron needs to play with shooters, but he really hasn't played with a lot of, like, high basketball IQ people. And I don't like any of the signings really for them, but I do kind of understand. I mean, I like Rondo. I've always liked Rondo. And Rondo showed his value last year just easily in the playoffs. Just get like 
how much he needs. So I think Rondo's going to, like, really help him a couple games. I don't mind the Stevenson thing. Um, I don't really think he's going to be that much of an impact until later in the season. Uh, so I like all the young guys. I really like Hart. I think they should give him a, another chance. The only thing that really scares me is they don't have a center. And you have to put JaVale McGee out there at your yeah, center spot. They really need to make about, some kind of trade. And they didn't talk about putting LeBron By there. By the way. And it's just like, I don't understand that either. By the way, I got a trade for you. Let me let me just kind of pick your brain on this one. You can let me know what you think. Um, yeah. um uh okay. So, the Lakers and Bulls. Uh the Bulls would take on Luol Deng's contract um and pick up Avicha Zubats. Um so that would be, let's see, Dang and Zubats. Uh, so that would be roughly, fuck, hold on, give me just a second. I'm trying to get the contract totals. All right, so that would be roughly $19.5 million that they would be um, picking up. Uh, and the Lakers would get, uh, oh, and the Bulls would also get uh, LA's first-round pick, I would say top 10 protected maybe, maybe top 12 Something like that. Something where, you know, if, if you know, they, for whatever reason, barely missed the playoffs, Chicago would still get the pick. But, um, you know, if they, say, barely missed the playoffs but then won the lottery, Chicago wouldn't get the pick. Uh, but um, so the Lakers would pick up Robin Lopez and Cristiano Felicio. Now, here's the deal. Um so the Bulls have to take on Dang, who's obviously got $18 million this year, $18.8 million next year. But they get to get out of Felicio, who is a fucking useless, like, waste of cap space. He's got three more years left on his deal um, at about $8 million a season, a little over $8 million a season. Um, so uh, they take on Dang, but they get rid of Felicio. Uh, so this is kind of similar to what we were saying earlier, as far as with Batum and um, and uh, um, uh, Ryan Anderson. Only Felicio's contract isn't um, isn't like it, it's a lot, it's considerable amount smaller than than Dang's, whereas Batum was you know more than Anderson's. But um, the Lakers get Robin Lopez, who's on an expiring deal, so that's you know ideally what they want, and if they chose to stretch Felicio next year, they could stretch him. He would have two years remaining. They could stretch him for five years for roughly $3.1 million, uh, 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 you know, hitting each, hitting the books for each of those five seasons. Whereas with Dang, if they wanted to stretch his one year, they could only do it for three years, and that would be roughly $6.3 million per those three years. So they save three million dollars by getting Felicio to stretch in, in lieu of Lou Aldang, um, and they get uh, a starting caliber defensive minded center in Robin Lopez. So Robin Lopez would be your starting center, Javel McGee would be your backup, and Felicio would be your third string who you're eventually going to stretch um you know, at, at you know, probably next season. Uh you give up a first round pick for it. But you get better this year, and you still free up more cap next season. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? 
Oh, I would do it 100% if I'm the Lakers fan. I'm getting off well dang. Like, that's a first off. Yes, that that right there. Let me get that off so we have even more money next offseason. Um, it's funny that you go for another Lopez. I think that I do think um, this one's a little bit better for them. He is a more defensive-minded. I mean, you saw two years ago in the playoffs, he really almost was the Celtics that, like, downfall him and Wade. I mean, so you get, like, a good defensive-minded center upgrade way over Jamel Gee, so you have someone to trust. Um, the only thing that uh, I don't know if this would work or if Chicago would consider it, but um, what if we switched and you gave me Bobby Portis? I don't think he has any more future in the Chicago. He punched someone in the well, face last year. Okay, the but, the guy. Wait, wait, but here's so, the other uh, thing. For, here's, wait, wait, wait. Here's the other thing if you're the Bulls. And here's the other reason why I like it if you're the Bulls. Um, yes, you have to take on Dang, but by moving Robin Lopez, you are now opening up minutes for Bobby Portis. Like you're basically getting, uh, you're getting, uh, you're gonna have marketing uh, and um, Wendell Carter be your, you know, like your starters at the four and the five, um, and then you know as far as you know, pretty much playing the backup uh, at the four and either, you know, marketing, rotating to the five, or however you want to do it. But at that point, that would be Bobby Portis. Like, Bobby Portis would be your first guy off the bench to back up those guys, um, in my opinion. So, like, I think this trade would also help them get him more minutes, um, you know, which they obviously, you know, kind of, I feel like, should be doing. um, Because he he played really well last season. Um, So that's another reason why I kind of like this move, um, for the Bulls uh, because it gets him more minutes. So that's the thing. And if I'm the Bulls, like, I, I'm not giving up Portis in this deal. Like, I'm already taking on Dang's contract, um, and, you know, you're getting, a, a, a like, a valuable piece out of it. Now, maybe if the pick protection was different, um, I might consider it, you know, like, Fuck, if you give me an unprotected pick, like, yeah, I would throw Portis in there, but I don't feel like that's going to happen. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so anyway, like, I, that, that was another one of the, the reasons that I kind of liked it for Chicago. Oh, no, I mean, I like it for Chicago. I just, my only thing is, do you trust Bobby Portis around these young kids? Like, yeah, he played really well, and yeah, he might have been sorry, but I don't know, man. You punched a player, and you shattered his face, dude. Like, I don't know if I want from, to be building. From what a I heard, though, from what I heard, you the, and everything. They, yeah, but from what I heard, like the the team kind of had Bobby Portis's back in the whole thing. So I don't think it ever came out like what really started everything. But if if the team kind of had Portis's back, it kind of leads me to think maybe Miritich was running in his mouth about something he shouldn't have been, you know. I don't know, but I'm, I'm, that's pure speculation. That, hey, that, that could like, be very true. It's just like, like you said, they never leaked anything more out because I think they wanted to save, like you know, like trade value when they're trying to trade him. But I just think, yeah. you know, if I'm building a team, but no, I mean, give Bobby more playing time. I've always liked him. He has an edge to his game. He's just a very uh, intense competitor. But you no, know, Lakers need to do something because, like I said, I only have him at my six seed. Right now, I mean, they could easily, if they make any type of smart center decision. I still think the money they should they gave KCP, you should have gave Julius Randle. Now you're yeah. you're screwed at centered, and you have way too many wings. I know you did a safe face because 
other agents are the same with LeBron, but that still doesn't mean anything. I mean, KCP is a lot of for them. So, so, but to round it out, it was kind of tough for me. Yeah. He threw the in the Lakers. Hard, bro. So he threw in the Lakers. So that's throwing out one team in the West, but my number seven team is the Nuggets. So that's throwing yeah. out two teams right now for my prediction that were in the playoffs out of the playoffs because I like everything the, the Nuggets did in, in this offseason. Um, yeah, they're going to be terrible defensively, but I still think they're going to outscore a lot of teams. They're going to be one of those teams where you can't be scoring like 100 and at least like 10-plus points on them. Like they, you, It's going to be a shootout. Um, I have a lot of faith in their bench, too, right now, if it's Isaiah leading the pack or if it's their their main Will Barton, who's always led their six in. So I like whoever's coming off their bench for them. So I really like everything the Nuggets did. You know, they're kind of ran into health issues, too. Paul Millsap never really got healthy. I see a good, <clears throat> a good solvable year, like a good year out of him. He's going to show just his, his old hawk ways, so. I just think the Nuggets are going to be a team that's going to be there. So that kind of put my number eight seed weird. And um, I had to kick out two teams that I feel like deserve to be in there, but there are two teams in my mind that are going to – actually all three of these teams might make a move at trade deadline if nothing's working out for them. But I went with the T-Wolves at number eight. I don't know why. I really don't have any faith in Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> I don't like any other moves that they've done. They really didn't, but I still think you have a like good, solid. You have a good, solid starting like five. Um, yeah. I also feel like the Blazers might end up going into panic mode and possibly trading Damian Lillard and or CJ either one seeing trajectory of the West and where they're going downward. They're going from a three seed last year. And I just think they're right outside the playoffs looking in just because those two other teams made better moves in my mind than you. And I think the Pelicans are going to take the biggest hit. The Rondo thing hurts. I mean, you traded out Rondo for, uh, who is it? Um, Alfred uh, Payton. Alfred Payton. Yeah. No. Someone tried to tell me that a staying player and I was like, I do not disrespect <laughs> R- Rajon Rondo like that. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah, and like I do like the uh, I would, Randall signing. Can, can, can I just say something real quick? I would, uh, yeah. I would slightly alter one of your favorite sayings, Luke, and I would say that Alfred Payton is a lifetime away from a lifetime away of being Rajon Rondo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. So far, like I was trying to like when they were telling me this explain, I was like trying to give them the benefit of doubt of like. What they have in common, I was like, long arms, that's it. Like, they just both have long arms. Not they both struggle shooting. <laughs> oh, there you go. I guess, you know, I was trying to give them benefit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I feel like the Pelicans, um, I like the Randall thing and all that, but he always comes up in trade talks. But I think this might be a year where they could consider trading Anthony Davis just because the way the West is going and, the way that they're going, um, you know, I like that. I think they have a solid, like, three kind of piece. I mean, you got Davis, that's really good. You got Holiday, who's really good. He just has to stay healthy. 
So that's only my worry about him. And then I like Nikolai and the Randall. I'll give them like they're both like you know their their third options. Like together they're they're one solid player. But other than that, never had a small forward. We talked about this the other day. That's going to be a really big factor into them. So yeah, unfortunately this could be a year that Pelicans possibly make a trade and trade Anthony Davis to help rebuild or do something. I could even see Clippers finishing higher than the Pelicans just because mm. I think the Clippers have done a lot and they ran into some injuries last year. I mean, if you really look at it right now, I like Patrick Beverly and, and, and uh, what's his face? Um, I can't even think of it. He played on the Celtics. Uh, man, this is terrible. Avery Bradley. Um, Avery Bradley. Yeah. I like them as of right now as a one, two, as you're starting. I mean, that's a very hard defensive backcourt. And then that's you have sure. the Shea Gillis Alexander coming off and um, the kid that they just drafted to, uh, Robin, or what, I don't know. Robinson. So, Jerome Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, Jerome Robinson. So, I think they and, – and they have uh, – and they have the sixth man of the year, Lou Williams. So, yeah. I like Tobias Harris, you know. So, I think Pelicans – Pelicans could be that team where they – I mean, not Pelicans. Uh, Clippers could be that team where they could be the eighth seed with enough. Like, eight through – 11 right now is really close to me. And then, I mean, there's a, a lot of teams, too. Memphis could be a lot better this year. I'm hoping they're a lot better this year. Dallas, you know, Dallas for your sake. Well, you want, And then you kind of – You want Memphis to be a little better, and you want the Clippers to make the playoffs, because, like if you're a Celtics fan, because the Clippers pick is, is lottery protected. So if they slide in in that eighth seed, that would be great because y'all get a first round pick out of them instead of I think the 2020 second round pick from them is what you get if they don't make the playoffs. Um, and then of course with Memphis, it's only top eight protected. So yeah, that that would work out perfect for uh, me being a Celtics fan. The only reason I didn't put them up there right now is like I said, they had a lot of injuries and they had a complete team like. Like, seriously, complete team makeover. I mean, if you look at everyone that I just said out of that team, Lou, Lou Williams is the only one that's been their consistent starter. I mean, everyone else is going to be coming in one year. I mean, Marcin Gortat's new. So, yeah, but a lot of new pieces. Donnell Gallinari, I guess. But I would he's been kind of injured, so I don't really see. Like, uh, there's a lot of – Clippers are interesting. They just have to be – they just have to be healthy. So that's why I could see them from 11 to 8. But I really could see them being 8. I just – Tom Thibodeau runs the team down, and I think it could come back to hurt him. And I could see them maybe pushing a pan and button and trading Jimmy Butler if he really says he's going to leave after this year. And I feel 100% I'm not going to retain him. Sayonara. Yeah. Um, the question is, are you going to find the market for him? Um, because, I mean – it like we just saw what you know what uh, uh, San Antonio had to settle for with Kawhi Leonard, and that was at the beginning of the season. So like if you're trade deadline, yeah, but and, Butler's and, not coming off of a weird injury where he sat out a year. And Butler, yeah, he's yeah. really known he wants to play with Kyrie, but he hasn't put a team where it's like I'm going to the Los Angeles next sure. year. So Butler just yeah. kind of just been like. I don't like the young players on my team. They're immature. And if you're a good veteran team that's, like, kind of competing and, like, we could do, like, like you said, you love them on Philly. If you're really yeah. Philly 
and you wanted to make that trade, you're not going to be like, nah, I don't want Jimmy Butler. Like, it could be just a rental. You're like, no, I'm going to get him for this rental. Convince him in that small gap of time that well, our team is way better and build with my young guys, and he will stay with my team. So that's why I think, you know, Butler does have a lot more trade value than what Leonard, Quad just, Quad just was a mystery card. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. It's just, again, like, if it's a trade deadline trade, you, you ne- I just mean, like, you never get the value, um, you know, of an expiring guy, no matter how good he is at, at, at a deadline deal. But, yeah, I mean, I, I can totally see Philly um, having a lot of interest uh, in him and, you know, putting together a package um, that obviously doesn't include uh, Ben Simmons. I would go straight Covington and Sarge. No. Maybe a pick. No, because you got all your depth. You got all your depth, and you can still sign somebody. You can still, like, you still have the cap space to sign somebody, like, if not Jimmy Butler next season. So I'm not giving you Covington and Sarge. There's no fucking way. Um, you would give up, would just, you give up the heat pick over those two, though? I'd rather keep, if I can keep the heat unprotected in 2021, 20, I'd rather keep No, I'd give up the heat pick. Than them. No, I'd give up yeah, the I'm in the pick mindset. I feel like the heat pick could get you a lot more if you're thinking about that later on. And I just think maybe. That, that I mean, so but it's, that's that's a maybe. Like, and and if I'm the Sixers, I'm like, I'm not giving up guys who are helping me compete now for something that might something in the future. Like, if it was if it, if it was another team, like who who wasn't already knocking on the door of contention, like sure. But, like, if you get Jimmy fucking Butler, dude, like, I mean, it still depends on what you're having to give up. But, I mean, let's say that they would settle for, you know, um, some expiring contracts, and which Philly has plenty of, um, and, uh, and you know, just wanted, um, you know, say the heat pick. And, I mean, Philly's got a slew of quality second-rounders, like they own Chicago second rounder next year, they own Sacramento second rounder next year, they own Brooklyn or New York second rounder, whichever one's better. Um, so that's three quality second rounders there that they could throw in the offering. Um, I wouldn't trade the 2019 their 2019 pick because I feel like if they trade that, then they don't get to keep the Kings pick if it ends up number one overall. But I give them like say a 2020 Philly pick lottery protected um and in the heat pick and i think that even would probably be enough to get it done but if not you know you still like i said you got all the second rounders um so if it, i mean if it's a trade deadline deal um and you know you're not going to get like great asking price for it you know maybe maybe at that point you know you would say all right well you know, we'll trade for future assets uh, because the two guys who we're still building around are still both really fucking young um, in, in towns and, uh, well, Wiggins, if he's still there. So we'll see. Um, but, yeah, interesting. Um, all right, let me jump in here. Uh, again, like very similar. I'm surprised we didn't have more differences in the West. I knew the East would be um, – would be similar, but I, I expected the West to be a little different, um, which mine's it's a little more different than the East, but not much. Um, okay. Golden state, uh, number one, um, they, maybe they don't end up number one, uh, as far as wins and losses, but they're definitely going to be the favorite. And, 
you know, I think with, with Houston's, um, you know, the fact that Houston hasn't exactly gotten better, if anything, they've gotten worse. Um, I think that opens the door for Golden State to secure the one seed again this season. Uh, number two, though, I do have Houston. Um, I think uh, I think they'll have enough, you know, uh, of of the team that they were last year to at least finish with the, the second best record in the West. Um, I, I mean, I still think Oklahoma City has has uh, they, you know they they obviously. I like all of their moves just like you do, Luke. Um, I love them picking up Noel as their backup center, uh, uh, bringing back Jeremy Grant. You know, he looked really solid um, as their starting power forward, as, as a starting caliber power forward. Um, good shot blocker, um, good defender. Uh, he he can hit those corner threes uh, relatively consistently when he takes them wide open. Um, you know, so all of the kind of necessary components that you want from that position on that team. I have always loved Steven Adams. Um, in fact, I think, think he's going to be on my, my preseason third all-NBA uh, all third team uh, for center this season because um, I think he's going to get a little more shine too this season with Melo going. Um and the pick and pop and pick and roll that he and Russ, uh, you know, have mastered is it's just so much fun to watch. Um, so I like all those. The Schroeder trade, um, I, you know, I, I'm not as high on it as you are, but he's certainly an upgrade from Felton. And, you know, I mean, as far as, you know, if they want to utilize him as a six-man type of deal, like, sure, like that, that's, that's fine. I don't see him and Russ sharing the court working um, very well, um, but you know I could be wrong. Maybe they can make that work. Uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, but I, so I really, uh, I really like Oklahoma City, but I still think Houston they're going to have a little more consistency. Um, and you know I, I just think they're going to fare a little bit better. But you never know with Melo going in there. It could it could throw a a, a big. Uh, a big wrinkle in, in, you know, kind of what they're dealing with. But the big, the big difference here is, is as opposed to with Oklahoma city, like Houston can fucking cut his ass. Like they, like if it's not working out, they can just like, see it, dude. Like, and, and, you know, like sure. Chris balls his buddy, but like if it's not working out on the basketball court, Chris, you know Chris Paul's not gonna fucking care about friendship. Like he's just not, dude. He's gonna basically be like, Yeah, dude, I'm sorry, it's just not working. Like, um yeah, you know, basically he's or, you know, moreover, he's gonna be like, Man, it's not my decision, it's the team's decision. Like but like, um, I don't think he's gonna go to bat for him necessarily if if it's clearly not working on the court. So, um something to consider there as well. Um, but no, so I, I, I'll have used it to Oklahoma City 3 um, for all the reasons I just specified. Um, number 4, I have the Spurs at 4. I uh, I just, I think, you know, they were right there, you know, hanging around the 3 seed, you know, with, you know, very few games left. And there was so little separation between 3 and and nine last season, um, 
you know, they were they were right there in the mix of everything. And I think picking up DeRozan, um, you know, that's just going to be huge for them. Uh, and I think he's going to be a really, really solid player for them. So I, I got them at four. At number five, I have the L.A. Lakers. Um, again, just like you, you know, you, you put LeBron on, on any team, they're going to get a lot better. Um, I, I expect Ball to get better this season. I expect Ingram to continue to get better this season. He looked a lot better last season than he did in his rookie campaign. Um, so I expect him to make some, some strides. Uh, Kuzma, um, he didn't really have to get better. <laughs> if he just plays as well as he did last season, like he's going to be a great, great compliment to LeBron. Um, whether they use him as, as in the starting lineup or they use him as, you know, a six-man type. Like, there's a lot of versatility with the, this lineup. It'll be interesting to see how Walton um, utilizes it. Um, and then, you know, as far as as far as the signings, I'm not, like, a huge fan of them. I like the Rondo one. I agree with you. I think spending the money on Pope instead of bringing back Randall was a huge mistake. Um, but, I oh, and Josh Hart. I really like Josh Hart. I think he's going to continue to get better this season as well um but uh and and I, I don't really get the michael beasley one either like i don't i don't get why you think you need michael beasley like you have kuzma like kuzma is michael beasley like like it's it's what michael beasley should have been you know um so i, I don't i don't get that one either but you know they, they have depth i do get the lance stevenson one um mainly because you know, he's just he's just kind of the wild card guy, you know, guy you bring off the bench as far as like an energy guy. Um and, you know, if you have him on your team, that means that he gets to annoy everybody else instead of annoying LeBron. So uh so yeah, so that's that's not a bad thing. Um I definitely agree with you they need to make a move uh for a center. I'm sure they know this. I'm sure they're they're exploring various options and I, I expect them to to kind of pull something off. Um but it'll be interesting to see what that something is. Um, you know, because they don't I don't think they want obviously they don't want to take on long term salary. So with every, with whatever deal expect it to be, you know, a, a a center on an expiring contract, um, or somebody, you know, who essentially is, is going to balance out with Dang, um, you know. So, uh, but that you know that'll obviously be um, a necessary component for them to um, for them to be as successful as they can be this season. Uh, number six, uh, I have the Jazz. Um, you, I mean, you kind of, I mean, spell it out just right. Like they didn't they didn't make any big you know flash acquisitions, but they just kind of stayed pat. They overplay, overpaid rather for a lot of their players, um, but they kept them all. So, you know, they all the ones that they needed to keep. They didn't keep Jonas Yurovko, um, but they didn't need him anymore. They had Favors and they had Crowder. They didn't need him. Um, so, you know, they, they were able to keep Favors. They were able to keep Exum, who kind of, showed little flashes at the tail end of last season. That was a, a pretty egregious contract in my opinion though. <clears throat> I don't <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think anybody was gonna offer him a three year thirty three million dollar deal. Um and Derek Favors at two years thirty six million I believe it was is a lot too. Um but, 
nevertheless, they kept those guys. So, you know, I mean, I think that's going to bode well for them. Uh, I'll really be interested to see, like, Exum being this, like, 6'5", super athlete. Um, You know, if he can stay healthy and and actually turn out to be a pretty good player, um, because he's he's had that potential for a long time. Like, I would love to see, like, him – kind of reach that potential and see what a what a lineup of, of him with Donovan Mitchell like could achieve because you know those guys could complement each other very very well if Exxon can you know kind of figure out what he needs to figure out to become you know a, a quality starting caliber uh, backcourt player in the league um, but nevertheless you know I, I, I like the Jazz. I agree with you in that, you know, they played really well down the stretch of last season um, because, I mean, there was a time when they were like five games out of eighth and they just steadily got better and better and better once once Gobert got back. And, uh, and of course, Donovan Mitchell is just that X factor. Like, that dude is, is something special. So, Jazz at number six. Number seven, I have the Blazers. Um, I just – I – think I could see them trading um, CJ McCollum, but I think it would be to get something like back that's going to help them, um, like a, a, a tit-for-tat type trade, kind of like what the, you know, the Spurs and Raptors just did. Um, I, I don't see them, you know, trading away CJ for like, you know, to, to – yeah, essentially, like, get future assets because that's just going to piss Damian Lillard off and then you're going to have to trade him, too. So if you wanted to trade both of them, sure, but uh, that's so risky, man. Like, you're at, at the very least right now, you're you're successful. Um, you're, you, you have a successful franchise that consistently makes the playoffs. Like, it just depends on what Portland wants, but um, – I just don't see it. Not this season. I, 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 not that they shouldn't do it. I'm just saying I don't think they will. Uh, so I think they'll they'll finish. And then at number eight, I have the Denver Nuggets. Um, I agree with you. I like their signings. I like everything they did in this this off season. I like the fact that they were able to, you know, extend Jokic. They were able to keep Barton. They were able to get out of the luxury tax. Um, they were able to pick up Isaiah Thomas on, on a very, you know, team-friendly deal. Um, like, all of the various moves they made this offseason, I, I really, really thought they did a great job of, of um, you know, making the best of what they had work. Uh, and then, of course, there's – the big question mark of MPJ. Um, obviously, he, uh, as we, you know, covered uh, either last week or the week before, MPJ had another back surgery. Um, so he's out indefinitely. But, you he's know, sitting. if he – Huh? He's sitting this year. They they should – Yeah, I mean, no I – matter what, there's no reason to I think play. so, too. I think so, too. I mean, I – he has come out and said through, I think, his agent that he does not want to sit this year. Um, but, yeah, if I'm Denver, I would rather – I'd rather just be safe. You know, you Joel Embiid his ass. You Joel Embiid yes. the shit out of that, man. 
I'm sorry. It worked yeah. well for Philly to sit on a guy that's back in. Supposedly, this was a breakthrough, like, way better surgery that he ever got the first time. So, it was way better than, you know, for him in the long run. But, yes, I'm sitting on you. I'm hoping in a year from now I'm going to get what Joel Embiid became for, like, you know, really doing well sitting a whole year and really waiting it out. Yeah, well, and, and just look at, like, the Kings and Harry Giles. Like, that's another guy who had, you know, the questionable health concerns. Um, and he has he had a great summer league. So, like, you know, he's a, he's a guy who could who could kind of fit that bill too as far as, you know, you know, if you if you're if you're rolling the dice on a guy who has health concerns, like just let him adapt to you know, all of the other aspects of NBA life for a season um and and just let them take that time to be with your trainers every day who can constantly evaluate them and see where they are. Like there's just so much advantage to doing it that way. Um, that I, I mean, I, I think you're going to see a lot more teams do it that way. Um, and you know, um, ultimately I, I, I agree with you. I think they'll probably sit in, but if they don't, it can be an X factor. So, um, but I'm not really factoring him in as far as this decision. I think obviously Denver uh, was right there on the cusp with Minnesota last season. They were, I mean, they played the very last game of the regular season to see who was going to make it, and Butler just kind of willed that team um, to making it uh, over them. But um, I don't. I mean, I I think I think Denver got better. Minnesota kind of stayed pat, and Minnesota. Um, I mean, essentially... You're kicking out they, the Pelicans, too. Yes, I am. I am, uh, and I'll get to that in a second. But um, but I think Minnesota, um, they, uh, they obviously have some unrest going on within that organization. I mean, we've heard the reports on Wiggins throughout last season. Um, there's still not a contract extension for Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, Butler, obviously, is there's been uh, reporting and rumors that he's not really necessarily happy with all these young guys. So there's a lot at play there um, that could factor into, you know, things not going their way. And they won several games last season, you know, in the closing, you know, closing seconds uh, of games. And I think you could see a similar situation like what happened with OKC, where OKC won a ton of games, not last season, but the season before, at the end of games. And then, you know, everybody throws out this stat, like, um, you know, especially people like Colin Coward, or, you know, just people who like to dog on Westbrook. Like, they like to throw out this stat. Oh, they had Paul George, and they only win one more game. It's like, well, yeah, no shit. Do you see how many fucking games they won at the buzzer last season? You're not going to do that every fucking year. Like, sometimes you just get lucky like that, you know? Um and I think Minnesota won a lot of games like that last season. Um, so this could be a year where, because they didn't make any big additions, you know, that, that could result in them losing more games this season uh, and, and, you know, struggling to kind of keep up with the with the pack. Um, I think if Minnesota is not, like, looking like a, like a lock for the playoffs and, and they're not in the top 
eight, um, depending on how many games back they are. Uh, and when the deadline comes around, like, I definitely think they try to shot Butler at that point. Like, because if you're not making the playoffs, like, dang, I just don't see it anyway. Jimmy Butler's going to stay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll see. But, um, but yeah, so I got Denver ahead of uh, Minnesota. And then as far as the Pelicans, man, I really like them adding Randall. I think that's a great move. Um, but to me, like, your biggest needs were point guard and wing. Um, now, they could make a trade to get either one of those. Um, Alfred Payton, I don't – like, I'm not an Alfred Payton hater. I like him as, as a as a player. I, I think he would make a really good backup point guard. Um, but I just don't see him as a starter. Um, and maybe it's just because he played on Orlando. But, like, Orlando seemed to actually play a little bit better when – uh, DJ Augustine was playing over when Alfred Payton was playing. Um, Payton's just a weird player. Like he's he's a bad shooter who like shoots relatively well percentage wise, which is strange. Um, but like anybody will tell you who watches him play, like they don't want him shooting. Like uh, he's not a good shooter. Um, I think he shoots like sixty percent from the free throw line. So like. I don't know. I, I mean, he. I could see him going down there and and pulling some stuff off. But whoever your friend is who who's trying to compare him to Rondo is like that is just that that's blasphemy. That's just over the line. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think ultimately you look at that lineup and you say, well, we replace Rondo with Peyton and we replace Demarcus Cousins with Julius Randle, like. Yeah, it's not you're not as good, and you did you still didn't address your biggest need, which is small forward. Etwan Moore is not a small forward. Like, yes, he's your best available player to play at small forward, but he's like six four, dude. He's not a small forward. Um, so, like, ultimately, I I would like to see um, them trade for Bazemore, um if they can make that work with the Hawks, because I think if you could run. Um, you know, essentially, um, each one more and, um, um, uh, holiday in your backcourt and then run Bays, uh, Miritich and Anthony Davis in your front court with Peyton and, uh, Randall is like your first guys off the bench. Or if you want to have Miritich be, you know, the guy off the bench and have Randall start, whatever. Um, but see, I think that's a team that I, I could, making the playoffs but as of now they just don't have the wing help they don't have the depth they don't have a quality starting small forward um that's that's a lot of questions um for for the Pels there so um so yeah uh ultimately that's that's kind of you know what kind of concerns me the most about them I don't think they would trade Anthony Davis this season um I still think they would kind of wait and see if they could make any sort of moves in the off season um, to, you know, kind of bolster bolster their team and, and make another run. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's certainly a possibility. And I, I just, if I have to pick right now, I just I have them on the outside looking in. So um, uh, comments on that before we move on to the uh, awards predictions. And I mean, I'm 
kind of the same way with you. The only one, I mean, I don't have Pelicans, and I still think they have a lot of issues to address. That's why I think, you know, they might consider blowing it up or, you know, making a move to that's actually reasonable and smart. So I just like, like you said, I just, I don't know why I gave the T-Wolves the edge over the Blazers. I kind of want to switch that right now and make Blazers eight <laughs> T-Wolves out just because I agree. But that's that's the only about, you know, the, the slight difference I have just because I just do think the Pelicans and Blazers didn't make steps better for them. I mean, and that's ultimately what it is for, for mine as well. So, um, but... Yeah, I mean, it's going to be really interesting. And the the thing that really sucks is both of those, like, both of those teams and maybe even the 11th team in the West is better than the, you know, 6, 7, and 8 in the East of any of our, like, I mean, because we pretty much agree on 1 through 5 in the East, but then after that, there's a drop-off. And, you know, I would say – that what my your six is the Cavs, my six is the Wizards. I would say that um, that uh, Minnesota, um, uh, uh, New Orleans, and the Clippers, who you brought up earlier, are all better than them than both of those teams. Um, may, maybe not the Clippers, just because I think we're gonna see that what the impact of not having DeAndre Jordan is this season. Um, like, I'm no huge DeAndre Jordan fan, but not – like, replacing DeAndre Jordan with Marcin Gortat is – is uh, that that's a big, like, loss, you know, for them in that regard. So, um, I think you – I think we'll actually see a good bit of Montrez Harrell play, play center um, this season, just younger legs and everything else. But he's just – he's just so undersized. So, you know, when you're going against you the big picks, you're going to have to. as well? I like Montrezl Hill at, like, the four. Or, like, on a really small lineup five. If you're playing Tobias Harris at the four, and I guess Daniel yeah. Gallinari's healthy. Or Lil Williams playing the three. So, you go, like, uh, Bradley. Yeah, that's real small. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. I, I do like Bug Dog. Like, I, I don't know. I just like him. I think he's a character. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely a character. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how good of a basketball player he is. I mean, we all know how tall he is, but, uh, you know, just being tall doesn't make you a good basketball player. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe, I'm sure they'll play him some minutes, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. It, he's definitely, regardless, like he's, whether, whoever they decide to play, he's not, that player is not going to be nearly as good as DeAndre Jordan. So, um, so that's you know obviously going to hurt them, but you know the point being there's so much, there's so many good teams in the West and there's not, um, there's not in the East and you know they really need to figure this situation out because it's it's it, hopefully it works itself out in the next couple of years. Twenty nineteen is going to figure it out, dude. I'm telling you. I hope the so. West will be good, but twenty nineteen there's going to be some moves that are going to happen to two East teams that are not in the playoffs. It's going to it's going to make the East very competitive again. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so. I mean, that would be um, that would definitely be ideal. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's move on. We got about thirty minutes left, uh, so let's jump into our awards predictions. All right, start us off. Most valuable player. Who you got? Come on, 
<laughs> I don't want to say his name. Like, it hurts me being a Celtics fan <laughs> to have to say LeBron James. I was going to try to say it as fast as I could, but, yes, I, it, it's going to be LeBron. If he's going to take a Lakers team and put him in at least the top five of the West, he could even bring him to the fourth seed. That's how good LeBron James is. Um, yeah, I do not see anyone. James Harden, I don't think, is going to have the year. Westbrook, even if he gets another triple-double, it's nothing impressive. I would love to put Kyrie Irving, but I just think there's a lot of people on the Celtics, so he's not. I'm just Giannis. Mm, I don't think he's going to have that year yet. Anthony Davis is not going to have what he did last year, nor Lillard. So I think out of all the ones, and I'm forgetting Curry and Durant, but out of all of them, they, just, they take I mean, away too much from each other, though. Yeah. It's like yeah, the same thing LeBron you're saying James. with Tyree. Yeah, and, and no, nothing's taken away from LeBron James. He's going to bring a team that's been miserable. What is going to be their would have been their sixth consecutive season not making the playoffs. I mean, you bring in the Lakers to the playoffs. I'm sorry. I mean, this isn't conspiracy. You're automatically winning. The, like, you're getting MVP. Like, you just brought Lakers back to being relevant. You're your MVP. Ah, I, I mean, I can totally see it. I picked him to be MVP um, going into last season. Um, I, I just felt like with the absence of Kyrie Irving, the fact that he was going to have to do so much more. Um, in fact, I think I predicted at the beginning of the season he would average a triple-double, um, which he didn't, but, I mean, he could have. Um, he was pretty close. Yeah, he wasn't far. And, like, you know, I mean, all, all he really would have needed to do was, like, actually try to get it. Like, I just don't feel like he really – I mean, I feel like he just played, you know, like – it, whereas, you know, Russell Westbrook was like, oh, no, nah, I'm getting a motherfucking triple-double. Like, um, which, you know, I got no problem with. I got no problem with it at all. Like, I think that's uh, a little bit of, of selfishness, but it, in the grand scheme of things, it, I don't think it really made made a big difference. But anyway, um, I uh, I completely see that. I see it for all of the reasons you stated. That being said... I'm going with the team that has the best the best player on the team that will have the best record in the NBA, and that's Kyrie Irving for the Boston Celtics. Um, I think Kyrie's going to come back. Oh, man, he's, he's I, I gonna know have your a... friends, Nick. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, 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 always, I always knew we were friends. I mean, this is, this is so nice. Sorry to interrupt. I just had to do that. Like, I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's all good. It's all good. Um but no, I mean, I think he's going to come back. He's he's going to have uh, a completely healthy knee for the first time in, you know, pretty much like two seasons. Like obviously they sent him out last season. He was dealing with it the the last season he was in Cleveland. Um, so he he's had pain in that in that knee for a while. So the fact that they were able to to get that taken care of to to have him sit out the tail end of this season. Um, not to mention, he's gonna. You know, Kyrie Irving's gonna have that fucking drive because he saw what Boston was able to do without him, and he's gonna want to come back and remind everybody, like, dude, like, yeah, we got a really, really damn good team, but like, I am the best player on this team, and like, I don't think by any means he's gonna play selfish. I just think he is going to play with intensity and purpose. Um, and he's going to be the leader of the team. I expect to see career highs and assists for him this season. Um, I expect to see career highs and efficiency for him this season. Um, and I think also I expect to see him 
defensively have his best season. I think those things he may not he may not score he may not have a a career high for himself in scoring, but I expect to see all those other things, those other intangibles that are going to um, lift him over the top. And I think more like I said, one of the biggest things will be he will be in my opinion. I think the Celtics will have the best record in the NBA um, at East or West, uh, and I think. He's undoubtedly the best player on that on that team. So, um, so yeah, um, I'm going with Kyrie. I think it's going to be his year, um, and I I can definitely see LeBron because um, he's going to put up the numbers. Um, and you know maybe maybe the one seed after Russ won it a couple years ago doesn't mean as much as it it has in the past, but I still think it does. Um, I still think it it, it means a lot. Um, I think, I, I think that you know, I, I think it was in the bag for Harden anyway. But I think Harden probably got a few more votes that he might not have gotten otherwise had LeBron had the Cavs, you know, with a similar record and and you know slotted in the one seed in the East. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I definitely I like Kyrie for it this year. I think I think all of the pieces are in place for him to for him to really really go after it this season. Oh no! I mean, uh, like I said, I, re- I really want to put Kyrie as well. Just the only thing that was not to me is him just getting back, just just a whole team right now, and just a lot. So that's the only reason I put LeBron. I really want to put Kyrie, but I was like, I'm going to come well, out that Boston homer right there, the just right out it. the gate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I almost, I almost, I mean, our our. Predictions have been so similar. I almost predicted that you were going to do it, and I was going to be like, "Fuck, I'm going to go with my backup. I'm not going to. I'm not going. We're not going to have the same pick on this one." Like, um, but so I'm glad you went with LeBron. So I was able to keep my initial pick. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, rookie of the year. Who you got as your rookie of the year? So my rookie of the year. I kind of like alluded to this earlier, but um, I'm going with Colin Sexton. I know that's going to be nice. like, whoa, like. Cause because there's like a big, there's so many big guys that like got drafted and all that, but I really do think the Cavs have a lot of faith in Sexton, and they're going to give him the keys, and he has a good team around him that I, I don't know, man. He's just he's a dog, man. He is a bulldog. Like he's going to get a lot of praise, and I think he's going to help win his team a lot of games that gets them the sixth seed in my mind. So yeah, I was going with Sexton. I mean. There's a lot of people. I mean, you could go Fultz because, I mean, I guess he comes back to this draft class. So you have some of those older guys, Harry Giles, like you said, and then you got so many big people that were just already drafted. And then you got, like, Dodgers. But I just think right now the Cavs are trying to compete, and you're just going to see Sexton really controlling this team. And, I mean, he was really good for Alabama, and they were a terrible team. I mean, one game, he almost willed them to win a game, and they only had three people <laughs> playing. Like, their whole bench got kicked, and then they ran a foul play. And they still almost won the game because this guy is just like, I'm going to will us to win. Like, he got him in yeah. NCAA. Like, he is a winner. Like, I really like him. So that's why, like, it, it goes with my prediction of them getting the sixth seed and him getting rookie of the year because he gets the Cavs the sixth seed. Yeah, he's your favorite. Not not saying you think he's the best or anything, but he's your favorite point guard out of this out of this class, isn't he? Yeah, right now, um, I think Alexander could be better in Doncic. I, I don't I don't 
put Luka Doncic as a straight point guard. No, like, he's a combo guard. I just, yeah. So, and Trey Young just has still a lot, but I don't know, man. I just like those those really just like it's hard to put that mentality in a basketball player, and Sexton has it, man. I mean, I've liked him since the high school All American game. He did this one play where he was. He was really having fun and all that and showing he was, like, a competitor. And then he just did this, like, crazy between-the-legs alley-oop to this, like, player. And just like, what the? Like, dang, you were just, like, that, like, really good and crafty. And, like, just, like, I don't know, man. He's just – he's a bulldog, man. He's a Mark Smart in my mind. He's one of those guys that has that mentality. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I uh, I, I, I like him. I think he, he'll probably be, like, a Dennis Smith Jr., honestly, like maybe better defensively, um, which like would be nice. Um, I'm just not, I'm not a fan of that point guard, that, that type of point guard, you know, the, the um, kind of uh, drive, drive and dish, if you will. Um, like, but usually drive and score. Um, I mean, Schroeder was that kind of point guard. Um, now I will say this, I make an exception for Russ. Um, Cause and if, you know, maybe Colin Sexton could get, you know, to that kind of level at some point in his career, and that would obviously make me a fan of him. Um, and, I mean, but, you know, the the reason I think anybody, despite OKC fans who don't need a reason, um, but uh, anybody who loves, you know, Russ just loves him because 100 miles an hour, every single play of every single game. And, like, you know, he, Sexton has the potential to, to – to do that. Um, but, you know, so many guys have, you know, the quote unquote potential to do that. And you only get one guy in a generation who really does it. And that's for, for us, it's Russ as of right now. Um, but anyway, um, I'm going to go with Luca. I just, <laughs> I mean, I think it would just be kind of one of those other accolades to add. Um, he's definitely going to get the playing time. I think he's going to fit right in with Dallas. Um, you know, I, I think um, they'll they'll utilize him at the one, the two, maybe even a small ball three. They'll get a lot of various looks for him. Um, and they're obviously, you know, I mean, they traded a first-round pick. Uh, well, I, I mean, they traded number five and another first-round pick to get him. So they're obviously – um, we're very gung ho about getting this guy, so they're going to play him. Uh, and you know, I just think he's got the skill set. Like he's he's going to transition fine, in my opinion. Um, like he may have a couple bumps at some point in in the season, but you know, I mean, even Jason Tatum had you know a, like a few bumps about what thirty or forty games in uh, to the season, and then got you know quickly got out of it. I, th- I expect to see something similar as far as it pertains to um, to uh, Luka Doncic, and I, I think he'll be our rookie of the year. Uh, defensive player of the year. There you go. Defensive player of the year, um, I'm going to go with Joel Embiid. Uh, I just nice. think another year, uh, another year under his belt, he's just really going to dominate, like him just fully being healthy. The Sixers are going to trust them more, so they're going to be playing them a lot more too, which is going to help them out not being sitting and getting minute or six. I think this is the year that Embiid could be up there in like a top five candidate for MVP, like really considered as like really just 
taking that next step for them. And I just really like his defensive mindset. He's really smart. Uh, that team's really good defensively, too. So I think they'll be a good defensive team, which will benefit him and his runnings for defensive play of the year. Uh, and last year, it came down to him, Anthony Davis, and Rudy Gobert. So I think out of all of those, he's really going to help his team standing-wise and just overall season, just, just being a defensive monster. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, no argument there. I mean, I, I think – I mean, I certainly had him high on my list. I think I had him second-team all-NBA defense last season because I had Anthony Davis as a power forward um, last season. Um, so, and Gobert was first-team and he was second. So, um, I definitely could see him making that stride. Um, I'm going to go with Andre Robertson. I think – Robertson proved his, Whoa, his okay. defense. Yeah, I mean, I'm serious. I think he proved, like, his, his – it, it was, like, the lack of having him that really proved his, like, defensive importance to that team because they fell off the map defensively when they lost him. Um, and he's going to guard the best player every night, so Paul George doesn't have to, um, and he's going to do it very well. Uh, and – you know, he's just, he's an elite wing defender. And like, I really expect him to, you know, come back from his injury and, you know, it it's, doesn't seem like the kind of injury that's going to hamper him, you know, long-term. So I expect for him to come back and play big minutes for them and then to have a, an elite defense and for him to be the backbone of that defense. And, you know, I think especially if they end up two or three seed like we are thinking, I think he will definitely be one of the front runner candidates. Um, and, you know, these awards, they, they generally like to not only give it to the most deserving player, but they like to share these awards. They don't like to give it to the same guys all the time. So I don't think Draymond will win it. I don't think, um, I, you know, I, I'm not expecting Gobert to win back to back. I'm not really expecting uh, for Kawhi to win it. Um, so, I mean, I, I like the pick of Embiid, and, and mine's kind of similar in the respect of having, like, a new guy win it. Um, but, yeah, I, I like Robertson for it. I think I think this could be um, a, a really good year for him, and that would be awesome just to see Robertson win an award like that because you know he's never going to win anything else. He's never going to be an all-star. Like, he's just He doesn't have the offensive game for it. But, like, you know, he could be your your – wing version of Dennis Rodman, you know, like that, that's how I see Andre Robertson. Um, and he's just so versatile, man. He can guard, I mean, realistically four positions at any time. And, and even like a small ball five, if he had to, I mean, cause he's big enough, he's strong enough. He's like six foot nine. He's got a good wingspan. Um, so like, yeah, I, I that's, that's my guy for the season. Um, I'm really, I'm really latching onto the Thunder this season. I really hope they, um, they play really well. Uh, all right, six man of the year. Six man of the year. Um, it kind of comes down to who this team chooses as their six man, but I'm going with it. I think Isaiah Thomas is going to come back. He's going to have a great year. If Denver's going to use him coming off the bench, which I think he'll be again that Celtics. IT that brought us when he was coming off the bench that brought us into the playoffs. He's really going to swing them. I think they they're going to finally have a late game go to score too. I think later on too 
once he really hits yep. the stride. But I think he's finally going to be healthy and all that. And if they're not using Will Barton, because, I, I mean, Will Barton could easily be their sixth man and win it. That's why. But, like, if they're putting him to the starting lineup like they told them, then, yeah, uh, I think Isaiah Thomas is just going to uh, – I loved him when he was for the Celtics. That's when he really showed started to show his value and was really starting to pick up the, like, okay, he can get money again when he was sixth man and brought this team that was, like, on the hinge to the playoffs. Like, we made that trade for him. So, I think Isaiah, if this surgery went well and all that and everything's healthy, he's got his explosion. Yeah, I think Isaiah's going to help himself this year and win sixth man of the year. Nice. I like that. Um, I really hope he does. I'm not betting on him, um, but I really, really hope he does. Um, I'm going to go with, and it's kind of interesting too, because this is even more of a question mark as to who's going to be their sixth man. Uh, but I'm going to go with Kyle Kuzma um, because I think, I honestly think that, and he could be a starter, but I think your team is would be more successful if you started Hart or Caldwell Pope. Um, personally, I would start Josh Hart, but um, maybe they'll go with Pope. I don't know. Um, play Ingram at the three, play LeBron at the four, and then w- whatever player they figure out for center. Um, but I just think Kuzma coming off the bench, he's a bucket getter, man. Like, he would be great as a six-man um, for this team. I think he would work better as your, like, bucket getter off the bench than even um, than even Ingram would. Um and certainly better than Caldwell Pope or Josh Hart. Like, those guys are, are the kind of guys that could really benefit from being around LeBron, whereas Kuzma could obviously do that as well, but he can get you buckets just by himself. Um, he had a great uh, had a great rookie campaign. I think he's going to just continue to get better, and I, I hope they put him in that position because I think he'd be really good. They still get him big minutes. Like, don't, don't have his minutes take a hit. But um, but just kind of utilize him in that role. Um, and, I mean, I think it would be great. I think he would just really take a shine to it, um, and and could you know find himself um, you know in in the running for six man of the year. It it would be a little unprecedented. It's usually not like second third year players that win the award, but um, I could see this being like the exception to that rule this season because I mean he's. He's got it. Um, I, I do want to give a shout out to. Um, I think uh, Fultz uh, could could easily win it as well. Um, so uh, I, I mean, he, he's obviously going to have to um, turn his shit around. But I don't see him being a starter on this team. Um, I, I mean, not not this upcoming season. You still have Reddick. Um, I think he backs up both Reddick and um, and Simmons. And but I could see him, you know, if he can get his get his stuff turned around, and a lot of the off season stuff points to that he he has been making strides to do so. So, um, but anyway, uh, let's let's move on. We got a couple more real quick. Uh, most improved player. Uh, mine, even though it's not just going to be because of his like his stats going to improve, but I mean it's going to be Gordon Hayward. I mean it's going to be coming back from a really crazy ankle injury. Uh, they usually give this player, I mean, it's either to a guy who's coming back from a crazy injury and has a good season or just, you know, being a Victor Oladipo and just being a killer year. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a couple of people, but I just feel like 
just him just coming back. I think he's going to return to not all. I mean, he could actually be an all star. I mean, he's just kind of a, he's a little weak right now. So I just think uh, he's just going to show everyone that he's back to being fully healthy. Um, every all indications that he's he's on track. We didn't rush him, so that's why I was happy. So I just think it's going to go to one of those ones where it's just a player coming off a big injury. I was going to go with Jabari Parker, but I don't believe he's a real three right now. But mm-hmm. I think Jabari it might have a really big year for Chicago. But that means you're taking away Larry Markkinen's numbers at the power forward, which I don't like. Yeah, that's it's going to be interesting um, to see how they, they kind of work out that lineup. Um, I'm going with uh, Markel Fultz. Um, kind of similar as far as had injury problems last year, was the number one overall pick. Um, we just saw so little of him. He had, you know, this crazy shot, you know, wonky shot mechanics that he somehow picked up and the craziest hitch that just makes anybody who's ever shot a basketball for any amount of time in their life cringe when they watch it. Um, and, you know, from everything I've heard, he, he's made a lot of improvements this off season. Uh, they didn't want to showcase him in summer league, which I was bummed out about. I really wanted to see him go out and just dominate summer league. And that would have like just the hype that that would have created in Philly would have been crazy. But, um, but they decided not to do that. But I still think um, I'm still, there's a reason why they weren't going to include him in a Kawhi Leonard trade. Um, and if they really thought that he was, you know, not going to be a great player um, in, in the near future, I, I don't think, that would have been the case, um, you know, regardless of what you think about, you know, Kawhi wanting to go to LA or whatnot. Like if you don't think he's going to be a great player, you just go ahead and make the deal and get Kawhi. And the fact that they just wouldn't include him, it leads me to believe that they know some things that we don't. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's what I'm going to go with uh, for my most improved uh, coach of the year. Uh, let's say it together in three, two, one. Brad Stevens. Brad Where Stevens. Where were you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, there we are. Brad <laughs> I mean, no, 100%. I was ready for that with you. I knew you were picking that, too. I mean, you alluded to it earlier that you have the Celtics being the number one team overall. I have them as well. Mm-hmm. Just being overall in the NBA, I still don't think Golden State really cares about that. Um, and I think we're a young team. I think we really want to show everyone East is really weak. So, I, and I mean, They've robbed them this year, so there's no reason to rob them back-to-back years. Uh, right. So Yeah, I mean, that's what it boils down to for me, too. Like, they're going to be the best team. He's obviously proven, like, in any sort of, like, any sort of guy, person who looked at the season from any sort of objective lens and not from the lens of, um, like, it, well, you know, Brad Stevens will have his time, but, like, you know, what Dwayne Casey was able to do this year was really great. Like, sure, yeah, it was great. Um, did, did, did you not remember Hayward going down with an injury at the first five minutes of the fucking season and Kyrie only only being able to play three quarters of the games? Like, and they still were right there fighting for the one seed and, like, were, like, clearly the best team in the East and, you know, like, didn't have their two best players. Like I, I don't like I don't um, 
I don't know how that happened, but yeah, it's not going to happen again. He's going to get coach of the year um, because there's, there's just not going to be any way that he can be denied this season. All right. Final one GM of the year. I think we might have the same one here too, but I'll let you go first. Oh yeah. Cause I'm not sure. Oh no. You, you, I know you have Sam Presley. I mean, oh, fuck I mean yeah, unless Sam that's Presley. just me. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think, yeah. Um, even though I've heard a lot of jokes that, uh, they Twitter, uh, he tweeted out after they signed Paul George is like the biggest signing ever in uh, Oklahoma City. But it really is. I mean, in a small market, you just got a really top name to play with your other name. They're really going to compete. And then he made this team, like, good. Like, hey, let's actually yeah. compete. I really do feel like our biggest thing last year was Robinson getting hurt, and we could have actually competed. And we just got rid of Carmelo Anthony. What? Yes. And we got probably the best backup point guard in the league. I mean, if you're moving Dennis Schroeder oh, to the backup. Right well, maybe Rozier. Maybe Rozier. There's an uh, argument for Rozier anyway. Um, but, yeah. like. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, one of those two guys, though. So, um, But, yeah, so, I mean, you add that. You keep Jeremy Grant. Um, you had Nerlens Noel, like just like great moves all the way around. You you like finagle um, a little a little trade with I think Denver to get uh, Hamadou Diallo, um, who you know he's an athlete. You know, I mean, you never know with these kind of like uber athletes, you know, which ones are gonna like click and which ones aren't. So like you can get a guy that late and not have to give up a whole lot. Like sure, like that's 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 a good move. Um, and I liked the, um, the other guy that got, um, uh, power forward, uh, Hervey, um, uh, Kevin Hervey, I think is his name. Um, he's, uh, I, I read up a little bit on him. He, he was a wide ranging, uh, uh, draft prospect. Like there were some people who had him going as, um, as early as like, um, like late first round, early second round. So the fact they were able to snag him in the fifties, like that, that could, you know, end up being something interesting down the road. So just everything that Presti was able to do, like, I just think was amazing. And, you know, I I think it starts and ends with keeping Paul George. I mean, I think that in and of itself is, it's just so tremendous, especially when everybody and their fucking brother was saying he was going to LA. Um, So, you know, but then to pull off all the other things that he was able to pull off, truly amazing. Like, I mean, he's he, if he doesn't get it this year, I'll, I'll, I will be shocked. So I, I will throw out um, uh, Masai Ujiri for the for the Kawhi trade. If Toronto ends up having like a really good year and 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 they're just looking like you know so much better than they were last year with Kawhi instead of DeRozan, he could get some some chime. And then of course. You know, I don't know how it would work as far as Johnson and Polinka. I don't know if they would both get it or if Magic would get it or Polinka would get it. Um, but, I mean, I definitely think that um, they would have to be in the conversation just for getting LeBron James. So, um, but I think as far as as far as far these kinds of things are concerned, um, I think the bulk of what Presti has done is going gonna, is gonna to win out there. No, yeah, I mean, I agree, and I still think he's going to get one more of these contracts if it be your boy Kyle Singler that you're always trying to trade away for them, or even Patrick Patterson. I mean, 
both of their contracts. So they can, if he can get one of those off and still get something else in return, I mean, this guy over there is just killing it. Yeah, like, or or just not have to give up a lot in return to get off get off one of those contracts. Like you know that that in and of itself could be huge just in the cap it's going to save. So, um, but that's going to wrap it up for us. Um, we hope you enjoyed uh, our predictions, Luke. Uh, so much fun as always. You'd always enjoy shooting shit on the NBA oh, yeah, with man. you. Um, and uh, just listeners, be sure to tune in. We got Wrestling Geeks Alliance uh, this Wednesday at eight o'clock. Geek Vibes Live Sunday at eight. Um, we may or may not have a show this Thursday. Um, we're we're just going to kind of play it by ear, see what news comes in. Uh, we may just wait until next Monday if there's not a lot of news. So, um, but we'll be sure to let you know about that. Um, so yeah, a uh, lot of fun and until next time, peace. Peace out y'all.